Welcome to the We Bear Witness podcast, where we discuss church life, theological questions, and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to We Bear Witness Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, whether you're in the car or you're at home or you're mowing the lawn because your wife asked you to, or you're just taking it upon yourself to, you know, do the things that a husband or a father should do. Congratulations. We are glad that you are listening. We have a couple interesting things to talk about today on the podcast. I'm joined here with Dylan Whitaker. Good to be back here. I always love these conversations. It's actually uh, one of my highlights on Wednesday when we record this is uh, getting to sit down and talk about all kinds of fun stuff with you. People uh, don't know that a lot of stuff goes on here on the campus of Amelia Baptist Church on a Wednesday, so us getting to sneak away and uh, do these podcasts is a real treat. Hopefully you guys have been enjoying them. Um, we left off a conversation about deconstruction a couple podcasts ago. We had a little bit of a summer break where Dylan and I were doing a lot of different things, and we were able to show a episode of our round table back in the day, a couple of years ago, really, during the COVID uh, isolation months, where Neil and I got together and discussed out of Hebrews what it means to truly be falling away, or if this is even a thing that could happen to Christ followers, falling away from the faith. So we encourage you to go back and take a look at that one, because it is a popular question that the church asks uh, it's shepherds in a good amount of time, I believe. I mean, I've, I've heard it asked several times. Can someone lose their salvation? I think is how we, is our preferred jargon there. But um, right now, uh, we are going to staple in the other half of that conversation on deconstruction, uh, a very popular topic in today's culture. Yeah, before we do it, uh, we, you and I were talking about a, a movie, a musical, that's, I think, both of our favorites, if not the best musical up there at the top. I wouldn't say the best, probably, but it's close. Well, there's a reason why we were talking about it. It's not <laughs> the whole podcast. We just come just together. Musicals? Yeah. <laughs> Deconstruction. We're real men. We right. talk about real musicals. Men. Yeah. Uh, real men podcast. Uh, no, Deconstruction has everything to do with this, really, because that was all I could think about was today's culture and just in general, the political incorrectness or the political correctness rather uh, that we see that's almost impossible to abide in. We can't ever, there's never a point where it's going to be. Everyone did a really good job of being politically correct today. And not offending. No one has been offended. No one has. So the level of offense, it's not as easy as, Hey man, can't you just cater to things that people need? So they're not triggered. Bro, if everything in the free world is a trigger, this is an impossibility. It's an unexpected or unmet expectation that you're setting up for everybody. And it's going to make just basic agreement impossible. You're going to see more division than ever, and understandably so, even in the name of, of unity, which is even more absurd. But to get there, we were, we were watching the musical. So, so to back up, my eight-year-old daughter is really into musicals mm. right now. Very... Uh, you know, obsessed with having Alexa play all kinds of different uh, musicals, you know, throughout the day. Hello, Dolly and uh, Music Man, Sound of Music. Yeah. Hello, Dolly. Uh, that kind of stuff. And so, <laughs> so she picked uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. She saw a picture of Howard Keel on something, you know. And Howard yeah. Keel, for those of you who like musicals, he's like Carousel and Showboat. And I mean, he did, he did a lot of stuff. And he's the lead in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. For those of you who don't know anything about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, I love the movie. I recommend the movie. It is a great time. And the kids seem to really enjoy it. But there are going to be a couple things where you take a step back and go, yeah, this could not be made today. 
Yeah, I think I commented uh, when you mentioned it that uh, I look forward when this happens to you, you know, and your daughters get stolen away. Right, <laughs> right. Well, that was just only part of the movie. But, but yeah, so... In it seven, definitely brings up a lot of great conversations. In Seven in Brides home. for Seven Brothers, this mountain man named Adam who works on a farm with his six brothers, Adam, Benjamin, Caleb, Daniel, Ephraim, Frank, and Gideon. They called him Frank, a short Frank Frankincense, yeah. right? It's a running joke. Uh, Mom wanted everybody to have Bible names. Dad wanted everybody in alphabetical order so he could calm her right. fine. So Adam that actually caused out. tension between the brothers, the Frankensons there. Yeah, there's a lot of fighting going yeah. on, which is great. It's back when, you know, men fought each other. It was great. So, so we have... And them a slab of meat It wasn't just tweets, mean tweets. It was <laughs> fist fights around the living room. And so Adam goes to the small town. He's looking for a wife. That's literally his objective at the beginning of the movie. Bless your beautiful hide is the name of the song. <laughs> it's the first. <laughs> Bless your beautiful hide wherever you may be. You know, it's this whole, it's this great song. It's Howard Keel's voice. You she's know? the one for me. Yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah, unless you're, unless she's like, unless you're cross-eyed or something. I mean, it's just, you can't <laughs> write it. You can't write it today. You'd be just thrown out of And any, like he's going into each of the stores and like. Yeah, scoping out scoping women. Scoping out women. Yeah. It's like totally. Yeah. You just if can't you step do back, it. it would be creepy. It's you awful. Know? No, you can never do it. Right. There's just no doubt. And so anyway, he, he kind of builds up, he meets Millie and he builds up all these dreams of what their life will be like. He never mentions that he has brothers, right? So he never mentions that brothers are on the farm. So she meets him the day, you know, the day they met, she agrees to marry him. And so they're off to the farm. They sing all these songs on the way there about what she wants her house to be like and her, all this stuff. He lets her dream is what she says. It's kind of like Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sort yeah. of. It's a, yeah. It's a biblical presence too, yeah. for sure. In a lot of ways. And so, <laughs> so he gets, she gets there and surprised by the brothers of tension, of course. And so she ends up, uh, she's a good woman and she's covenantally bound in marriage. And, uh, you know, so she has this kind of sense to, you know, so she sends he's, him to he's the being barn, kind you know? to her. He lied to her, but he's being kind to right. her. So all the stuff you can bring today's world where you'd be like, no, she should have left and got right. out. I mean, yeah, maybe probably I might've said that to my kids. Like he lied, get out. You're terrible. My favorite scene is, is <laughs> on their wedding night and yeah. they go up and she, he jumps out because sleeps in the tree, sleeps in the yeah. tree. I don't she know what the birds see in this. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And so, so there's, it's not just this, you know, he got to do whatever he wanted. He was, he didn't take advantage of her or anything like that. It was right. just he, he lied, and she's married to him now. So she is. But married a, life is so good. Good is good sport. Yeah, married. And life so is he good. decides to help his brothers, right, find right. wives. So too. they go back to the town. So he has a great. He's found this book <laughs> that Millie has. Right, it's Plutarch. Yeah, it's Roman mythology, and he says it's history. <laughs> he calls it history, <laughs> and he's basically then tells them that well, this is how the Romans went about finding their wives. They just went down and stole them away. Sobbing, not yeah. Sabine. It's sobbing no, women. It's the sobbing women. Yeah, whole it's, song. Uh, this whole song. It's terrible, bro. I'm watching. If you look it. up the lyrics to that one, I have my four year old, almost five year old in the room. She's like, Are they going to steal the girls? Like, she's, and I'm just yeah. like, Yeah, it's terrible. And I just went in. I was like, Yeah, this is bad. It's okay. It's this a is movie. called kidnapping. It's kid. bad. Straight up kidnapping. This I'm like, Call the police. Yes, we're not okay with this, me and your mother. You know, this is not okay. So it was wild. Like, the whole plot line, the act two was this whole thing about, you know, the stealing the women and bringing back to the farm. And then they sort of go through. Um, what's that? What's that Stockholm syndrome? Where like <laughs> they get kidnapped, but then they're on the farm, and all the ladies are falling they in love fall with in the love brothers, yeah. right? Of course, and they're all wearing the same colored shirts, right. and it's perfect. So all that to say, you know, I'm not gonna, I won't tell you the ending for for anyone who wants to watch the movie, but there's a lot of political incorrectness in it. It what it showed me was the whole point. 
uh, is I'm more susceptible to seeing things through different lenses, you know, and there's some stuff where you're like, you take back and you go, okay, well, I can just see this is art. And as long as no one's taking it seriously, just chill out. And then there's also like, man, I hope this doesn't influence people to think this is ever okay. Not everything is just this violent trigger, you know, not everything needs to be. Yeah. Some things will be, but there doesn't need to be everything through a lens of such, um, such, you know, uh, this affects me. This is a me centered egocentric interpretation. You know, it's not right. really about hurt as much as it is just everyone bow to me and my principles and my convictions and the way I think about things. And so I do see that I myself watching these old movies have even been, you know, a bit affected going immediately. Wow. How politically incorrect is this? You know, that's kind of the point, but this is the point uh, that leads us into our discussion, our remaining discussion on this deconstruction. We sort of ended defining what it meant and then seeing how rampant it's become. But what we wanted to realize is deconstruction is a symptom not the root cause, and spend the rest of our time here at We Bear Witness today on the root cause of deconstruction, that we know what deconstruction is, we know that it's taking things you have learned before and looking at them through hurtful lenses and going, well, now this has just been an abuse of authority, I want nothing to do with it, and, and what has happened is people are running and walking uh, away from the church, however they're going away from the church, they're running or walking, sometimes it takes years, sometimes it's right away. Uh, and most of the reasons have been in what we're about to talk about. Four main root causes uh, for deconstruction. Yeah, so we're going to look at the root causes of deconstruction that we see. Um, this is based off of an article, I think it was by the Gospel Coalition, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so we're going to look at the root causes, uh, the four main root causes of deconstruction in our current culture. And then really, like, what's the Gospel's treatment plan for each of these causes? So once we you know, see what the cause is, right. how do we, from a gospel-centered way, preach, teach, minister, disciple, um, those that God has put us in contact with in order to help them overcome uh, these um, tendencies and yeah. deconstruction? And before we even list off the four root causes, overarchingly, it's sin. It's either the sin of somebody else, including your sin, or just your sin, or a sin of idolatry. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, allowed these things to have such an impact in your life to where you don't want to obey the commands of the Lord, one of which is to gather with the saints and be a part of the local church. Right. Now that you gave the whole uh, uh, plot right there right, yeah. at the beginning instead of at the end of the podcast right, where you're yeah. supposed to, we yeah. might as well just end this. Thank right. you for joining us here at We exactly. Bear Witness Podcast. No. Yes, that's if it. you don't, here's <laughs> what would happen. Now, this is an artistic disagreement. Here's what, here's what would happen. You'd have people, people I know who tune in and, and have been Listen to the it, first five minutes, right? Listen and go, no way. And you already went with Gospel right. Coalition in reference because you know, there were some of these points mm -hmm. that were so great and uh, it was written a while ago. And, and so right when deconstruction was on the scene and they're going to go, I know these guys, they're going to go, oh man, they're going to hear this and this and go, oh, it's sin. It's sin. It's just sin. It's sin. Right. Well, no, not everything is that easy. At the basis, there's stuff like that. Of course, there's a general answer. But really what's going to be helpful with this and one thing that you can help pass on is when people find the reasons or the root causes for these symptoms, they're able to handle and look through these symptoms uh, through a different pair of eyes. And so that's the idea and the goal for the rest of our time today. But the first big one being, and I think this is this would be everybody's number one if there was a fantasy draft for these things, would be church hurt. Uh, many who deconstruct have been wounded by abusive or manipulative church leaders uh, or generally unhealthy church culture. So I want to make sure that people hear us right away. We are very familiar with 
the, the, the stories of, of Ravi Zacharias and, and Carl Lentz, we know that there have been uh, people who have uh, taken full advantage of their position. And, and that's wrong. Yeah, and it's, we it's just the worst to... thing in the ministry. Yeah. It's the worst thing to hear. Um, there's a sermon we're doing on First Timothy 3. We're taking a break in Revelation soon, and we're talking about the role of elders. And I can't think of anything sweeter than a shepherd-congregant relationship, really, when, it, when it's laid out exactly how Christ lays it out inside the church. I can't think of anything worse inside the church than when a leader abuses their leadership and abuses it for personal privilege or gain. It's unbelievably evil and needs to be called out as such, no matter who, what friend you have in the camp, I couldn't care less. Right. Let's be a people that live on convictions and principles uh, rather than in these subjective relationships. Yeah, but it's easy when we look at those hurts to just kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater right. and say, you know, um, well, obviously this whole system or this whole, uh, you know, theology, uh, ideology, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. is wrong, is off. There, Someone so. in the church hurt me. Yeah, right. And so which is a lot of story for a lot of people still in church, and we hear you guys, and you're in church and you're thriving and striving, but you still have these flashbacks and pains. Look, sin causes grief, sin causes consequence. I hate it, but our experiences don't negate the commands of the Lord. And so, what we have to rely on is the Word of God, the grace of God, and Him teaching us uh, through these things. But church hurt, very real. But deconstruction is not a cure for church hurt. Walking away from the commands of the Lord does nothing but make a bad situation worse. Yeah, so what's, what's the uh, gospel remedy for this? One thing we don't do often enough, when you experience church hurt, grieve it. Mm -hmm. uh, what the Bible talk would, about it. What the Bible would call was lament, discuss it, talk yeah. about it, be an advocate for, against it. Let the church join you in those causes. Be honest, be trustworthy, uh, be ab above reproach, uh, be qualified, and go after the mission, go after the cause. Um, the Psalms uh, go after this uh, talk about, well, really, David, who wrote a majority of the Psalms, he experienced all this abusive leadership, and he had a petition for justice. The Bible's not anti-justice. We've just thought of ridiculous ways to handle justice apart from the Word of God and inserted too much of ourselves and our own wants and needs and outward identities rather than what the Lord has asked us to do through the perfect Word. And so go after the righteous judge, God himself, with this uh, with tears and with lamenting, with hope, uh, with lean on him more. Don't lean away from him, lean toward him um, in everything that you experience. This isn't just about those who've experienced church hurt. This is what we were to do with church in general. We uh, buried a friend of ours uh, not a, you know, a day ago, and uh, a 37-year-old friend of ours, and unexpected death. And in it, I thought about how the family had wanted to lean on the church throughout all of this. They experienced immense grief. They had not had perfect churches. They've been hurt by people in the church before, but they had the right perspective of what church is. Church is not the seven people that hurt you. You know, church is not the one person that hurt you. Not, church is not the deacon that made you take your hat off and embarrassed you in front of all your friends. It's not the leader who abused his leadership and put you through hell and torment. That's not what the church is. The church is bigger. The church actually never dies. That's why everybody else makes lousy idols. And Christ is the only one to have our dependence and our worship and our glory. He's the only one worth any of it. Because everybody else will leave you. But God, Christ, has built the church. The church is forever. Whether it be here or in heaven, the church is forever. And so, of course, you know how we stand there. But we just want to encourage you like, to not hear that and just go, yeah, don't grieve it. Don't lament it. Get over it. That's not our message. It's, it's to really properly grieve this. But do it in the word. 
and do it by the Holy Spirit. Lean on God more for the church hurt, not lean away from yeah, it. Yeah, the, um, you know, the only true cure for this is Christ uh, for hurt in the church. Now you're like, talking about me jumping to the um, end here, and you're just throwing Jesus yeah. Christ out as an answer at every Mic drop. <laughs> so sin's the reason, and Sin. Jesus is the answer. The end. Amen. All's done. Yeah, so church hurt is real, but again, deconstruction is not the answer. The second one is often from poor teaching. People don't know what they believe. Uh, we can go through the Barna research studies, or we can just tell you to Google them yourselves. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you heard the argument, well, like the Bible and science don't line up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the, they, they just don't line up. So how can I believe the Bible and be a person of science? Right. Um, and, and, you know, those kind of arguments. Before there. I look like an idiot right. in my college class, let me go ahead and abandon the faith altogether. So deconstruction, what they're really getting at here. Uh, through this popular one, this was really taken from a survey, uh, and you can see this a lot. We I spent a, we spent a lot of time with young adults and, and young adult ministry, and they have to know their stuff. They need to know why they believe what they believe, not just to believe what they believe, which really is a separate conversation that goes back to the church's implementation of pragmatism over sound doctrinal teaching. And so that's why we want to be a church that answers uh, questions about Christianity and talks about our faith, not just tells people exactly what to believe and then shuts them down when they have questions about it. Good teaching and good teachers exist within many churches within our convention, and, and I'm proud to say that. Jesus is still the best model of replacing bad teaching with good teaching. We see that in Matthew 5, 7. Jesus uh, deconstructs bad teaching in order to reconstruct good teaching, in other words. So the, so the bad form of deconstruction is epitomized by the serpent's question in the garden. Did God really say? And now, now this is what I, we've talked about before, that the devil really has had no change in game plan. Deconstruction is the serpent saying, do you really trust that the Lord said this? It's causing doubt and it's going up against what the word of God has commanded Christians to do, which is to test everything but the Lord. The Lord is not the subject of your test. It doesn't mean to, to refuse question. It doesn't mean to not seek the Lord or seek wise counsel or seek the word with your questions. Uh, pray for the illumination of the Holy Spirit. That's part of our sanctification process to know more and more what the word says. Yeah, that's one of the, the best parts of the Sermon on the Mount is like throughout that, that those couple chapters there, often Jesus will say, you've heard it said, but then I say, and like expounds on what he really meant um, during that, you know, you know, time of teaching and time of preaching and kind of expounding on the gospel uh, there and, and what these commands of Christ really mean. Right. So we have this understanding that the diagnosis may be bad teaching, but the cure is good teaching, not to run away from all biblical teaching. Um, and honestly, too, uh, you don't even have to read books written specifically against deconstruction. You can find people who are just preaching solid words, solid gospel, not running away from the tough questions like Vody Bauckham, uh, James White, Owen Strachan. You just have people who really understand what it means in this culture to avoid the, um, the stigmatisms and the um, you know, caveats and really get back for what the Word of God has to say. Um, our third point is desire to sin. The third reason, root cause, for the symptom of deconstruction is that people just have a desire to sin. Now, sin is overarching all of this. You, you doubt good teaching because of our natural sin nature. Uh, you move away from things you shouldn't because with church hurt, someone sinning against you causes hurt and causes effect uh, that you didn't necessarily plan. But the desire to sin, or it comes from uh, justifying our sin instead of handling our sin. One thing I tell the young adults 
So it's easier to compare yourself with someone who's worse than you than it is to change. And so this whole concept of, well, I'll just justify what I want to do rather than go at it with the word of God. Well, of course, that's way easier. Unfortunately, you aren't the dictator of all that is true. Right. And you we aren't see, the author of the scripture. Yeah. And, you know, one area I think this is so obvious and is um, the decline of uh, marriage and the the um, increase in premarital sex and cohabitation and just people who are justifying it on this end and the saying, but I'm following Christ. I'm a believer. Right. I can... I can live this lifestyle um, and, and say I believe in Christ and then just blatantly go against biblical truth. Yeah. And, you know, when you say that and you're going, well, I think a lot of it comes because of this deconstructionism mindset where it's like they've justified it. Like you said, sin has been justified in their mind. And they they feel like this they're able to uh, lift kind of both of these lives at the same time. Yeah, uh, the old adage, "What the heart wants, the mind justifies." So if the problem is you just have a desire to sin, then it's not really about exposing what you've been about. And I mean, this is what we'll do typically: is we'll create a disguise instead of dealing with the real thing. We'll put out on the outside of it. Uh, you know, trappings like, you know, well, we've just been really hurt or, you know what, I'm not going to be this anymore. And we look to anything to empower us because if it's really all about us, that's what we want to empower. But the problem is a desire to sin. And the only solution biblically is confession and repentance. It's an act of obedience for all who are in Christ Jesus to confess and repent is to desire change by running towards Jesus Christ not to deny him and call that self-empowerment. Self-empowerment leads to self-destruction 10 times out of 10, either in this life or the next. So if the diagnosis is the desire to sin, the cure can only be confession and repentance. Uh, number four is pretty interesting. Uh, I didn't know how I necessarily felt when the article mentioned this, because, but I do like its terminology. But they said street cred. Uh, the desire to fit in with the cultural ethos of our moment is strong. That's why so many deconversion stories sound like everyone's reading off the same script. It's well-worn, cliches signaling conformity to accepted norms. And, and one thing we'll do is because we do live in a celebrity-obsessed culture is we just want to be hip, and uh, in all actuality, doubt is hip. And so if we don't see a lot of celebrities that look at like us, talk like us, act like us, believe like us. It becomes less appealing to our flesh, and we start giving way to that. Another effect of sin is caring more for the approval of others than the approval of the Lord. And so you've had a lot of people uh, really um, let go of the Lord who had been following the Lord. This was happening uh, throughout Christian music, what we had talked about in our last podcast mm -hmm. with Derek Webb and um, Kevin Max. And I was caught up in that conversation with those guys, which was a rather interesting week. But really, one of the most hurtful was uh, Abraham Piper, son of John Piper, was leading a wave of evangelical podcasters and TikTok stars uh, with a whole sort of industry cheering them on, uh, blasting outdated views of sex and gender and obscure Bible scriptures, um, offensive doctrines like wrath and hell to the flesh. They were just mocking. And so I'm, I'm not claiming uh, to know every bit of the story as to how someone becomes a, deconstruct, a deconstructed ex-evangelical, by the way, is the term. If you want to look it up, it's, it's a movement of people who were raised evangelical 
But because people aren't perfect and they base their faith solely on the actions of others rather than in the two testaments that God has given us for the Word of God, uh, they claim to be an ex-evangelical and found their empowerment there. Uh, but I'm not pretending to know those stories. I'm not pretending to know, uh, however, uh, people have handled those stories. What we can know for certain is that cultural hostility is real and that we are all with the ability to be susceptible to anything and everything, which is why biblical discipleship is so dire. We have to understand really basically that we're not the cool kids. Yeah, and honestly, that has never, you know, uh, biblical Christianity has never been cool, really. If you look back on history, I mean, you look at the early church, and they're going up against uh, Rome and, uh, you know, suffering for the faith, dying in the Colosseums. Uh, it wasn't a cool thing to be a Christian. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, we're seeing that today, that it's not cool to be a, a Bible. We live in the Bible belt, and a lot of people say we're Christians. But if you really dig down to what the Bible says, and you say we stand on the inerrancy of the Word of God, we believe it from Genesis to Revelation, um, and you teach that, that's not cool in our culture today. Yeah, in order to reach the world, we're not to look like the world in order to reach the world. That's just another way of snuffing out your lampstand. Uh, the mentality here is that we are going to be different. We should embrace that. We should understand what First Peter 2.9 says when we get to the, those moments where it's tempting to look like the world around us in order to reach them. But that's not the case. There is a value, uh, an eternal value in looking different than those who... Uh, it will be saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and I want to make sure that this is said in genuine love and care. It's not wrong to want that affirmation. It's not uh, wrong to seek affirmation. It's just wrong to seek it in the wrong places. We are to seek love and affirmation, but our identity first and foremost should be in the one who is saving us and keeping us, and that is Jesus Christ. So the answer to everything is always seek the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is by, <laughs> it's by his word and his, his providence, the only source of solution because deconstruction in and of itself is a symptom certainly but these root causes are brokenness mm-hmm. and he is the only thing that heals people exclusively jesus christ is the only healing agent uh, to a wounded and weary soul and so i want to say this as a bit of a charge to anyone listening if you felt discouraged by any of these things you felt like we've we're nonchalantly passing them by and we're just listing them off on some arbitrary list uh it's not the case we're, we're talking to you, and we'd love to speak with you. And so we'd ask you to reach out uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'm struggling with my faith. I'm struggling with uh, my life as an evangelical, and so, much, uh, wrong, so many times I've seen wrong things, and I've associated that with the Lord. How can I get out of that? How can I break that habit? Uh, there are answers in Scripture, and there are answers in churches on how to heal those relationships, and typically it happens through the Word of God, prayer, and sincere godly fellowship and accountability, knowing what the church was supposed to be. Yeah, and... Versus having experienced it right, in ways it right. shouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah, understanding the body of Christ firsthand, the family of God. Testimony understanding what testimony. that is, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's one of my favorite parts when uh, people uh, stand up and join our church and say, you know, it's like, why do we join it? Or, you know, you hear later people are like, you know, I walked in and, I, and pe- I was just loved by yeah. people of God here. It wasn't um, a program. It wasn't a program. It wasn't the preaching wasn't always. How, how, you know? <laughs> how, it wasn't how dope the right. lobby looked. Yeah. You know, and with our lines on the walls from the kids, you know, like wiping their hands stuff, on it. And, you know, and all, that, that all that stuff's fine for appeasing your Bible Belt highest tithers. Right. 
But goodness gracious, uh, when people are walking in downtrodden and beaten, what they need is the body of Christ who knows that they would be in the same place without Jesus. Is that the attitude you're walking in on a Sunday morning with? I wouldn't be here if Jesus hadn't had me here. It's by no work on my own, but his alone, that I can look past all the hurt and all the pain. And people who have been hurt by the church, by the way, um, people who are attending church every Sunday morning still faithfully, it doesn't mean that they've never been hurt by the church. Right. You know, people who have been hurt by the church are not the only ones struggling. Uh, so it comes down to if you've never been hurt by the church and you just have other idolatry in your life, you know, tempting you and trying to move you away from your purposes and point in Christ, we're all equal at the foot of the cross and we all need Jesus just as much as anybody else. And so we're going to pursue that together in yeah, fellowship. And I hope this conversation, you know, the past episode and this episode about deconstruction has peaked. Uh, interest in this topic. It's something that, you know, you and I have talked about a lot and we're seeing just kind of really picking up steam here yeah. uh, in our culture. Um, there's plenty of great resources uh, out there for people who want to dive in and kind of learn about this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So just do, do your homework, research it. Feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you more about deconstructionism, what it means, how, it, how it's relating to the gospel. And, um, you know, our, our goal and our hope is that uh, together we can continue to lift, make uh, much of Christ, lift up the name of Christ, and share the gospel. Amen to that. Thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in to this week's episode. Please subscribe, share. We really appreciate your listening. We hope you have a wonderful day. We hope that God blesses you and your family. Until next time, God bless.